The ACC only got five teams into the NCAA tournament last year. It's time for a big rebound. You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Wednesday, October 26th, 2022. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shaden. Joining me as he does every Wednesday is the man, Coach Pack Kilby. We want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or your first watch every single day. Please don't forget that the show is free and available anywhere you get podcasts. So you can subscribe right now to make sure that you don't miss a second of your team every day. We'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, Pack, it is time. We're like a week and a half away from Carolina's first game from the start of the college basketball season. So we need an ACC conference preview. And so folks, that's what we're doing today. We're going to use the preseason voting to help shape our conversation. So we're going to talk about predicted standings, all ACC teams, rookie of the year, player of the year. There was no vote on coach of the year, no vote on defensive player of the year. So you're not going to hear coach Davis. You're not going to hear leaky. So don't worry. They didn't get snubbed. There was just no vote on that in the preseason. Don't get your panties in a wad. All is good. (laughs) Also, we're going to do some NCAA tournament projections. As I said, The ACC only had five teams in the NCAA tournament last year, so we're going to have to look at seeing if they can do a little bit better. So, Pac, we're going to start by looking at the preseason standings vote and what the the media said at ACC tip-off will be the standings at the end of the season. Here's how this voting process works for those listening so that we can just know all the behind the scenes of it. There's 101 people that voted, so 101 total votes. Here's the four things they voted for. All ACC, so they listed five players, and we were given two teams, a first and second team. Preseason player of the year, voters made one selection for that. And preseason rookie of the year, people made one selection for that. And the predicted order of finish. So each voter just listed out all of them from 1 to 15, what they thought it would be, different points awarded based on those places. Keep in mind, this is a different group than is what is voting in the postseason. At the end of the season, when there's all that voting done, that is done by the coaches, the play-by-play announcer, and two selected media members from each school. And so that's a lot more of an official vote with people that have been having eyes on these teams all season long. So, Pack, let me run down through the, the predicted order of finish really quick, and then I want to hear your observations about this. Number one, UNC with 90 votes, 90 of those 101 votes. It makes sense. It's an overwhelming majority. After them is Duke, two first place votes. Virginia, six first place votes. That's the second most. Miami at four with two first place votes. Florida State, fifth. Notre Dame, sixth. Virginia Tech, seventh, and also got a first place vote. And then eight Syracuse, nine Wake, 10 NC State, 11 Clemson, 12 Louisville, 13 Boston College, 14 Pitt, and 15th Georgia Tech. So, Pank, when you look at this, what are some observations you have at looking at this predicted order of finish? Um, 
yeah, so my, you know, my first observation is, uh, or first thought, I guess I should say, is I don't necessarily agree with the top order. Uh, I do okay. agree with USC at one, but, and I, I know we'll dive into this a little bit more. I just, you know, Duke is so inexperienced and Virginia is so experienced. I have some questions there. And then lastly, um, you know, the bottom six, what this really stands out to me, like NC State all the way through Georgia Tech may be the worst bottom half of the ACC, I think, that I, or bottom third of the ACC, I think, that I've seen in quite a while. Uh, <laughs> like, And I'm just being yeah. flatly honest with you. Like, NC State's at 10, and it wouldn't have shocked me to see them at 15. Like, I just don't think they're very good. So, um, now positive to that for the Tar Heels is uh, that there should be some, like, hey, you know, we should go in here and take care of business, and we should be able to play multiple bodies, and we should be able to rest some of our starters. And so uh, that's all should, but you never know. Should, yes. <laughs> major curveballs at you, as we've seen time and time again. Yeah, absolutely. This The bottom of the ACC is just kind of abysmal, frankly. Like, how has Jeff Capel never been able to get it going at Pitt like that? That surprises me, honestly. But I, I'm with you. the The bottom, like tier of the of the conference standings, you just jumble them around and throw out, and we'll see. You know, a, any of these six, I wouldn't be surprised to see playing on the first day of the ACC tournament uh, in March there. And so, yeah, I think you're right. There's this big dichotomy to me between like I see the top seven in one tier, and there's some sub tiers within that for me. But we don't need to get all the way into that. And then there's that bottom six and then Syracuse and Wake Forest might be their own little middle tier there to me. Um, yeah. Some unknowns. You don't have any, no more Bayheims walking through the door other than Jim on the bench and Wake Forest loses player of the year from last year, Alondis Williams. Uh, and so we'll just have to wait and see on that. Um, uh, for me, it's really interesting that Virginia gets the second most first place votes, but it makes sense. Because as you said, Duke is going to be uber talented. Let's let's not make any bones about that. But once again, as you said, highly inexperienced, right? They've got Jeremy Roach coming back to run the show, and that's that's a helpful thing for a team. But not only are they experienced on the floor, they've got a first-year young head coach on the bench in John Shire. I think John Shire might be younger than me. I need to look that up. Next time you're talking, I'm going to look that up. Um and so an, another thing for me is Louisville is 12th on this list. It's so weird to see Louisville down there, but obviously they've got a first-year coach as well in Kenny Payne. So, um, man, but I think when you have 15 teams, it's so hard to have um, strength all the way from 1 to 15. And I think the conference was so much better when there were just nine teams. It's similar to the Big 12 now. They've only got 10 teams Man, you got so like the Big 12 in basketball this year is going to be really strong again. Yeah. Pac, when, when you look at this list, um, outside of anything you've already said, is there anybody you think is overrated? Sure. Um, you know, for me, I think Syracuse is overrated. Uh, I know we kind of talked about them potentially being their own little middle tier. Uh, to me, I'm just quite frankly not very high on them. Um, I don't think they have the talent like we're used to seeing Syracuse have. Um, I think Jim Beheim is maybe a little bit out of touch in regards to that these days. Um, I, I just I don't see them being what we're used to seeing Syracuse be. And, you know, there's sometimes where Syracuse can, um, like, pop in there and they can surprise you. 
and you know, hey, they squeak into the NCAA tournament and then they make this huge <laughs> run. Because nobody knows I, how to play the zone. Yeah, right. <laughs> they never see it. So, but honestly, uh, I just don't think they're very good. And then, um, you know, if we want to, it depends on, I guess, how you view the term overrated. But if we're looking at someone finishing lower than what they're projected, I think Duke is overrated in that sense. Um, to me, I actually have them fourth because okay. I have so many question marks. Now, they could, I could come back later. And they answer some of those questions. And I could say, you know, I could see them finish in second. I could yeah. see them win at the conference. I don't know. They're going to be talented. But like you said, they're going to be young. The coaching staff is young. It's a whole new experience for everyone in that program. And to me, I see that um, as just concerning for now. Uh, Absolutely. And not to mention that they've got some injury concerns coming into the year for Derek Whitehead. Um, I just learned that that they're being really cautious right now with Derek Lively as well. And so, yeah, we're going to have to watch that. Speaking of going back to Duke, I looked it up. Yeah, I'm about two and a half years older than John Shire. So cool. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> um, for me, in, in terms of somebody that's overrated, I'm going to go with Miami. Um, I know they are picked fourth. Um but I know there's a lot of love for Isaiah Wong, and I see that. But when I look at last year's team, I think it was Cameron Mcgusty um, that really carried a lot of the weight of that. And so Nigel Pack coming in from K-State will, will be good, but they've lost so much other stuff, um, so many other talented players that um, you've got Wong and Pack. And outside of that, I just don't see much. And so honestly, give me Florida State, Notre Dame, or Virginia Tech, who are fifth, sixth, and seventh. I would take any and all of those above Miami preseason. Now, obviously that could be total cold takes exposed later, but that's where I'm at with it. Um, just uh, briefly here in terms of underrated teams, I'm going to go with Virginia Tech. Um, I know they were selected seventh, but man, I think they've got a lot more returning. It's in particular, Justin Mutz, who um, you might folks might remember from times Carolina played them last year is just, He's just relentless and, and a phenomenally talented player, along with bringing back Hunter Couture and Sean Padula. Obviously, they lose Kevi Aluma, um, who was a great ACC basketball player, but there's still a lot coming back in that. Peck, what about for you for an underrated team? I like Virginia Tech. You know, you mentioned them. I'm not going to use them, but their head coach, Mike Young, you know, he came from Walker, and he's nationally known for just running amazing sets on the offensive <laughs> That's right. Floor. That's right. It's a really good offensive mind puts his players in a position to succeed so like you i like them uh but i like florida state as a team that yeah. i think yeah. is underrated um and look my thought is leonard hamilton if y'all don't know is a phenomenal basketball coach that's right that's right and uh, i just don't foresee him having two down years in a row i really don't i think he's got a good staff i think he's got talent they're going to guard really well it's tough to win at florida state Tar Heel fans, we know that well, right? We, it seems like we always either play badly there or struggle to win there. So um, I like Leonard Hamilton. I like his team. I think they're going to uh, definitely make some noise this year. Yep, absolutely. Um, a final thing before uh, we, when we wrap up this section, Pac, if you had to look at it now, heading into the ACC tournament, for those who aren't aware, the top four teams in the league in the regular season get double buys in the ACC tournament. So if you had to pick a foursome right now, who would those four teams be? North Carolina at the one, um, Virginia at the two, 
Florida State at the three and Duke at the four. Okay. Yeah, I, I think in some order, I, I'm with you on UNC, Duke, and Virginia. And to be a contrarian, I'll just ride with my Virginia Tech pick um, and uh, and put them in to that fourth slot. Or maybe they could squeak into third ahead of Duke or Virginia. There, we'll have to wait and see on that one. Well, it's not only the order of standings that was released, but also the all ACC teams were released as well. Do Pac and I agree with those teams? Do we agree with each other? Well, we're gonna find out about that right after I tell you about LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You wanna be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs, which helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's incredibly easy to create a free job post, so why not give it a try? Add a job and your purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can prioritize who you want to interview and ultimately hire. You want to finish the year strong and the right new hire can help you do just that. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, Pac, so moving ahead here, we've got our preseason all ACC first and second team. Uh, again, 101 votes. Let me quickly run through these 10 players. Armando Baycott, 100 votes. So all but one people thought he was in their top five. Isaiah Wong from Miami, Caleb Love, Terquavion Smith from NC State, and Jeremy Roach from Duke. That rounds out the first team. And the second team, Jaden Gardner from Virginia, Derek Lively from Duke, Justin Mutz, Virginia Tech, PJ Hall Clemson, and RJ Davis from the Tar Heels. And so that's just basically your top 10 vote getters in order is how they put that all together. So, Pac, when you look at this list of 10, what are your observations? What What do you see? Do they, do they get this right? Where are you at on it? Well, for one, you know, they got RJ Davis wrong, which it feels like I'm on this show all the time talking about how everybody said that was RJ Davis. But, guys, <laughs> at some point, it's going to click. The kid is unbelievably good, and the fact that only 14 people thought to vote him is mind-boggling to me. But – I'll resign. Okay, I'm moving on. EJ <laughs> Hall, uh, to me, got snubbed on this also. So, um, I Should think be higher, was, you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think, look, to me, this is just me. Uh, yeah. This could also be on cold takes exposed here in a few months. But <laughs> I think although PJ Hall's battling some injuries and we'll miss sure. maybe you know, the first month or so of the season, give or take, I think he's a first-team All-ACC guy. I think he's really good. Um, and I think he's going to surprise some people in ACC this year. So give me RJ and PJ on the first team. And uh, to just, that's my thoughts. That's my observations on that. What about you? Yeah, um, I, I'm with you. And PJ Hall, man, I love – he was somebody I was like, hey, if you leave Clemson, why don't you just move on up the road to Chapel Hill? Because I would be totally down with that. Yeah, it, I mean, listen, I can't complain about Baycott getting 100 out of 101 votes. Um, but I, I would just, it's interesting to me 
that someone did not choose him in their top five ACC players. I'm not going to call it egregious because it's based on preseason expectations over, you know, the end of the season when you actually have statistical proof. But I would, I would just like to see that person's list. Who are the five players that you thought are going to be more productive ACC players this season than Armando Baycott? That, that's my big takeaway from just the actual 10 people that are on it. Do I think RJ Davis should be ahead of Jeremy Roach? 100%. Do I think like a lot of that second team I would take over them, honestly. And then when we start to look at um, like maybe some players that aren't on the top 10 who might find their way into it on the postseason list based on play. Um, let's just name a couple people that we're, we're keeping our eyes on in the ACC, either that are Tar Heels or play for other teams. Yeah. Uh, Kihei Clark. I mean, I don't know how he doesn't make the list. I mean, to be honest with you, like I, I was just looking at it a second ago, going, you know, where's he at? Like, I think he's really good. Um, Taylor Mills um, transferring from Houston, uh, uh, Matthew Cleveland at Florida State. Those are top two scores back from last year. So those two are going to make some noise. Um, Nate Lazevsky. Nate Lazevsky from Notre Dame. Yes, he's a dude. Uh, yeah, he is. So all four of those guys are going to be solid players um, that can make some noise. You know, with Duke, you've got four top tier freshmen. Who knows what they're going to be? Are they going to be healthy? If they are. How are they going to gel? Those four could are talented enough that they can make a climb into those rankings for sure. So it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. Yeah, I, I mean, with with Florida State, you kind of just throw a dart and and any of those. You know, I feel like they have 37 guys that all average 12 minutes a game and 10 points a game, basically. Um, and that's part of what makes Leonard Hamilton's teams so good. But, yeah, I'm really looking at Mills or Cleveland uh, to to be one of those guys. Lashevsky's another guy that that there were some rumors about him maybe transferring out of Notre Dame last year. And I was like, hey, South Bend down to Chapel Hill. Not a bad, not a bad little drive. Come on, come on down. Um, and then I, I know somebody you've you've talked a lot about. Um, <clears throat> that you think could be on that postseason list pack would be leaky. Um, we have been sending some messages back and forth recently um, because um, Evan Miyakawa, who's a, a great college basketball analytics guy, um, has leaky. I think it was like in his top 20 or top 25 based on his um, on his models of the most impactful players in college basketball this season. And so like maybe, maybe, Leaky gets not even just defensive player of the year recognition. Maybe he can do enough to work his way onto one of these three lists at the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah. He had him at 21st. Um, and, you know, for all, for all the good that he does defensively, um, I still uh, think that media, um, a lot of media is just so, and people who are fans of basketball in general are so points driven. They're offensive minded. They're I think because that leaky gets overlooked, but you're absolutely right. He's, I mean, there's no doubt he's a top 10 player in the ACC, in my opinion, just based on how good he is defensively. Yeah, and I think that's the issue is that people aren't looking at impact. People are measuring it by just like, uh, who am I going to vote for? Let me go look up their stat sheet. And and even when it comes to defense, like Leakey is not going to lead, lead the league in blocks or steals because he does his work ahead of time and he doesn't have to get blocks yeah. or steals, right? Yeah. And so I just, 
we harp on that so often and it just it grinds my gears pack it grinds my gears come on america stand up and take notice of the greatness of leaky black he's going to wreck your team again and again and again it's going to happen and so you know what some of these players uh, that are going to get wrecked by leaky they're gonna they're gonna start getting some pit stains and it sounds to me like they need a little sweat block i'm going to talk about that a little bit uh because here in just a second we're going to look at the player of the year the rookie of the year and i want to know how many teams pack thinks are going to get into the ncaa tournament from the acc but first i do want to tell you about sweat block listen pamela would hide in the office bathroom like every 30 minutes to dry off her armpit so no one would see the wet circles forming under her arms but thanks to sweat block pamela finally has her life back why because she was able to fix her problem using sweat block which gives you the confidence to wear what you want without embarrassing underarm sweat or body odor in fact the Sweatblock wipes, they were recently featured and tested on the Rachel Ratio used by firefighters. That's awesome. So if you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweatblock and save 20% with promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. It's also available on Amazon. Okay, so uh, here we go, pack into our last segment of this so we're going to start with preseason player of the year once again carolina is getting some great love in all this armando baycott got 82 of the 101 votes and basically what they did was just list remember the voters are voting just one person for their preseason player of the year and so they've listed anybody who got any votes at all so in addition to armando i mean it's a huge drop off after that to isaiah wong who got five caleb love got four jeremy roach from duke got three votes P.J. Hall, who we've talked about, got two. R.J. got two. Jaquavion Smith from NC State got a vote. Hunter Couture got a vote at Virginia Tech. And Duke's Derek Whitehead also got one vote. And so, um, uh, Pac, when you look at this, what what are your thoughts on some of these guys that got votes? Did, Ar did Armando get enough of the vote? Do you agree with guys that are getting votes? Where are you at? I mean, to be honest with you, I don't think Armando did enough of the vote. Although he finished with 82 of the 101, uh, I'm surprised that anyone really thinks otherwise. Um, I know I'm going to maybe sound like I'm beating a dead horse here, but I still, like I, like I said earlier, I like P.J. Hall, I like R.J. Davis to finish with more votes at the end of the year than what they just got. Uh, P.J. Hall is far and away going to be Clemson's best player. He's going to be the focal point of their offense. He's going to get a lot of touches. He's going to get a lot of shots. I think he's efficient. Um, and I think he's going to make some noise. So I could see him climbing. Um, obviously, um, I think that RJ is really good. He's, he's going to climb. And so just just watch those two. Uh, matter of fact, um, if I was if I was picking a player of the year and you took Armando out of it, I would give it to RJ. I think he's the second best player in the ACC. So uh, yes, Carolina fans, we're spoiled. We have number one and number two in my mind. <laughs> And, and so much of this, like, it's the same thing as, like, what the conversation we just had about players that might show up on the all-ACC teams list at the end of the year. The reason I pick guys like Kihei Clark from Virginia, Nate Leshevsky at Notre Dame, or Mills or Cleveland at Florida State is, like, typically it's teams that win a lot of games and do well in the conference, and you just pick one or two of their best players. I feel like that's what usually happens. So that's why I would think guys like that might make it on. And so when we look at this, it's like, what teams are going to be good and who's going to be their best player. Ultimately, like that's what this award should go to. Not like, like 
I think where PJ Hall gets dinged is because Clemson's going to suck, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. and, and so that's going to hurt his cause um, in a conversation like this. Same with like Terquavion Smith from NC State. Um, so to yeah, Baycott's the runaway winner, and it makes sense because in the preseason you're just voting for what is the most likely outcome to happen, and when you look at this in the preseason, it's Baycott. It just makes sense. Um, now, the, the most confusing one on this list to me, all due respect to Hunter Couture. He is a great college basketball player, but I, he's not even the best player on his own team. How is he going to win the ACC Player of the Year award? And so, uh, I, again, similar to, like, maybe this is the same person that didn't put Armando on their uh, on their all-ACC ballot or something like that. Um, so I, I don't know what's going on there. All right. Preseason rookie of the year. Um, here's basically what happened here. Let's not spend much time on this pack because I want to keep skating by. Derek Lively from Duke wins it. But you got four Duke players as the top four vote getters. It feels like what the media did is just said, Duke's got a whole bunch of talented freshmen. Let's just close our eyes, throw a dart at one of the Duke players, and that's which one we're going with. <laughs> and so Derek Lively gets the majority of the vote. Derek Whitehead quite a bit and then everybody else is far below that and so it'll folks it's going to be one of these Duke players just just know that that's what's coming and we'll see it it is good to know Tyler Nickel got a couple votes Jalen Washington got a couple votes Seth Trimble got a vote I, I would have thought he would have been higher than either of the other two guys pack but what do you what do you think about that yeah I'm really shocked by that to me I mean Trimble I, I think is probably the best impression we have barring some surprises um I I was shocked by that too. I actually thought, like, just thinking before this was released, I thought Trimble would finish in the top four, you know, uh, mm. because I think he's going to be really good uh, and be really impactful from day one. Uh, but obviously, I do understand, you know, Duke has four really highly talented freshmen. The, all four of them are probably going to play more minutes than any of the young guys at Carolina has. So, and I think that's precisely what it is. It's just about opportunity, right? Yeah. If, if Seth Trimble was at Duke, he would be higher on this list because he would have more time to play. But when you've got Caleb Love and RJ Davis in front of you, you're just not going to have as much opportunity. And uh, like if, if Seth Trimble ends up winning an award like this, it means something really bad has happened to RJ or Caleb. And so I don't want Seth Trimble to win that award this year. <laughs> no. So um, let, let's look at two other things. Obviously, if, if you're asking Pack and I our votes, Defensive Player of the Year, Leaky Black. No question asked. Um, and I think it, it's probably some of the, the usual names you think about for Coach of the Year. Coach Davis, Tony Bennett, Leonard Hamilton. If, if Duke, you know, people are going to vote for John Shire if Duke ends up winning the regular season. Um, I just never understand when somebody votes for coaches who are like expected to be at the bottom of the barrel and then they finish seventh. And so it's like, hey, way to go like that just makes no sense to me um yep. and so uh yeah we'll we'll wait and see on coach of the year but here's the last two things i want to tackle first off i want to look at an over under on how many conference wins we think the tar heels will have and then an over under on how many teams the acc will send to the ncaa tournament so pack i'm going to set carolina's uh, acc wins total at over under 15 what do you think man i'm honestly I'm tempted to go with the push there and say they get 15 flat. Uh, but I'm going to – it's a 20-game ACC season, so I'm going to go uh, with the Hills finishing 16-4. Uh, I just think ultimately the 
bottom third of the ACC. It's so, so bad. We get guaranteed wins there. Um, and just being as good as we're expected to be this year, um, I really only think about two or three of the teams in the conference to give us fits. You know, Duke, obviously, no matter how bad they are or how bad we are, that's always going to be a game. Um, and then Virginia is going to be nice and Florida State. So we're going to get some losses in there, but I'd like us to win uh, 16 of them. What about you? Yeah. Man, I tell you what, I've been hedging a little bit under that, uh, like thinking they get clipped more than I thought. But now that I've been looking at, at kind of what you're saying about the conference here and how bad some of that bottom tier is going to be, I'm I'm going to go over and I'm going to say 17 and three. Like, I think this is going to be a focused and determined and deep and talented team that can just put it together and uh, not not come out sleepy a lot. And so I'm going to go 17 and three and uh, we'll, we'll go with that. Uh, OK, what about ACC teams in the NCAA tournament? Uh, Brett Lenardi, ESPN's bracketologist right now, has it at seven ACC teams in, as I said earlier, just five last year. Uh, in 2021, the ACC sent seven. So let's set that over under at seven. Pac, what are you saying? I'm taking seven on the dot. So okay. uh, I, I, I like the rankings there um, that we have, the preseason rankings one through seven. Uh, just a reminder, that's UNC, Virginia, Duke, Miami, Florida State, Notre Dame, Virginia Tech. So I like those seven to make it. Um, and just as a side note, Carolina fans, the last time Syracuse didn't make the NCAA tournament, North Carolina won it all. So I'm projecting them not to make it, and I'll take the targets again. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I think there's got to be a rebound from last year. And I'll, I'll go ahead and say the over, although I wouldn't be surprised to see it low again, just with so many bad teams. It's going to bring the conference, uh, the illusion of how good or bad the conference is down. But I'm going to say those top seven, and then one other team surprises us and sneaks in. Maybe they're in like in Dayton in the first four or something like that. But I'll go. Give me eight. Give me eight. Let's get the ACC coming back to prominence a little bit. I'm going to take the over on that. Uh, man, Pack, it is fun to talk all about the ACC, get prepped for the season. It's just about 12 days to go until the first game on November 7th against unc wilmington but folks that's it for today's episode of locked on tire heels coming up tomorrow a crossover with locked on pits nick fairbaugh as we get ready for the big matchup between the tar heels and panthers this weekend for homecoming you can follow the show on twitter at locked on heels follow pack at coach underscore k23 and you can follow me at isaac shade Thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen. For your next listen, check out, check out Locked on Sports today. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Hey, please don't forget to subscribe, smash the like button, leave comments on your ACC thoughts, and hit the bell so you get notifications anytime a new episode drops. Thanks so much for spending part of your Wednesday hanging out with Coach Pat Kilby and myself. And we want to remind you that it's always a great day to be a target. Until tomorrow, peace.